Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 78 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I have a fantastic guest for all of you today. Geoff Anderson, welcome to the show. Hi, Esty. Thanks very much for having me. I am so excited to have you. Guys, Geoff Anderson has been doing video to build businesses since before most people even knew what a camcorder was, I feel like. Okay, not that long, but I'll just give you a little bit about his, his background. Um, he has owned and operated Sonic Sight, a video production facility in Sydney, Australia since 1993. And he's worked on productions throughout Australia, New Zealand, and Singapore, and the US. And he's both the video producer, cameraman, editor, director, and scriptwriter. Uh, but his background is in science, majoring in biochemistry and pure mathematics. You can see why I'm already excited, right? We've got like another really fun brain to hang out with today. Um, just everything, everything about you is fun. Like, I'm just going to read you little bits of his bio because it's like, there's just so many fun things in here. Um, when he was uh, realizing that science was not necessarily his thing, he headed overseas and spent two winters skiing in France, somewhere in between working in Corsica. And during that time, he was paid to water ski, windsurf, scale, scuba dive, pour beers, drink beers, drive around, grow watermelons, and occasionally electrocute himself. So I'm not even going to keep going. There is so much here. He's been a radio announcer. Um, he's got two children, Cassie and Max, um, with his blended family, his wife, Kelly, and her three children. And we're just going to talk about everything business, everything video success, everything, everything. Jeff, I'm excited. There's so I don't even know where, I almost don't know where to start, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you work that out, Esty. There's, there's a bit there to unpack, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what I want to start. I kind of want to start by saying, in 1993, what possessed you to do something with video? Like today, everyone's trying to do something with video, right? But we had no real, there's no internet in 1993. Videos were things on VHS cassettes they had to schlep around and bring places. Like, what, what, what were you doing? And your science major, you were water skiing and electrocuting yourself with watermelons. How, what were you doing? It has been an interesting journey. Um, look, I fell into it with a mate of mine who actually had a television background. I didn't. I, I didn't know anything about video at the time. And he uh, and I started a business. Uh, we were doing video productions. We were also doing events. And, uh, yeah, it just evolved over time. So I was following his lead a lot of the way. And then over time, I just got more and more hands-on. And I actually went through this stage, which possibly a lot of um, business owners do, of just feeling like a bit of a a bit of an imposter because I was um, making these videos without any qualifications, without any history in, in making it, but having been doing it, you know, for like 10 years at that time and thinking, well, you know, who am I to be making these videos? And I thought, well, wait a minute, I've been doing this so long now, I could probably teach people how to do this. So although I haven't got a university qualification or a TAFE qualification as I have over here, I thought, uh, well, maybe I need to just accept the fact that I actually do know what I'm doing uh, and just kept going at it. Um, in those days, we were making corporate videos, we were making highlights of events, we were doing some school videos back then, um, and it just, uh, it just evolved to a point where actually we, we then bought our own edit suite, 
because originally when we started, uh, a cheap non-linear edit suite cost about $100,000. And oh, a, um, a, uh, the camera you used to carry around had a, a, a box that was a recording deck, which would be, ca- would be connected with like an umbilical cord to the actual camera. So it was a two-person <laughs> shoot. Um, of course, these days it's a lot easier. So, yeah, it, it evolved over time and I just got more and more into it and just taught myself on the, on the fly. I think probably a, a big turning point for the business um, was back in about 20, 2012 when I wrote my first book. Um, and that was when I think everybody else was starting to just start to wake up to the power of video. And so I wrote a book about how to make videos called Shoot Me Now. Um, and that was a, and I that was a really good time to be doing that because it was positioning me, me above all these newcomers that were just coming onto the market. I was very much sort of somebody who did have the experience, having been doing it for twenty odd years at that point. Um, and then I was able to yeah position myself as a bit more of an expert than everybody else. I like that. Um, and again, just thinking about the barriers to entry, and I always talk about how now is just the absolute best time in the in the world to start your own business. Like the barrier to entry is so low. And you think about someone who wants to start a video editing business now, they either pay no money or like a couple hundred dollars for some online video editing suite. Um, and you know, when you wanted to start back then, you were looking at a six figure investment to kick it off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, kids are able to have global small businesses while they're still at school, you know, just using their phone. It's, it's an exciting time. It's, you know, for the age of the entrepreneur, it's very much arrived. And yeah, totally. if you want to do it, there's, there's, you can do it. Totally. There's nothing stopping you. One of the things that I also want to want to bring up is one of the things you wrote in your, um, we were discussing, not written, but before we started was that you purposely built a small business so that you could have that lifestyle balance. And that's something that all our listeners know I'm a huge believer in. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Cause again, back then that was also, like you you were just, I feel like two, three decades ahead of your time. Right now everyone wants a lifestyle business, a micro business. Then everyone wanted a giant company cause if you didn't have that, you were nothing. Um, so how did you come to that? Well, I think it all comes down to the individual definition of what success is. So for other people, you know, that may not be appropriate. They may want the, the challenge and the excitement of building a big global business. For me, my priorities were, well, why am I doing this and what's important to me? And it was, you know, my relationships, my children. So it was, okay, I want to actually enjoy the ride. I've seen people well, I've, and heard of people who have, you know, retired and then the next day or the next year have dropped dead. And it's like they've been working all their life to have this retirement. And then when it comes, they don't enjoy it. So and I think possibly, you know, because of my father, he had his own business, but he, he certainly enjoyed the ride along the way. It, you know, it set a good example of, you know, life's to be lived along the way. You can't wait till you get to the end to start enjoying it. You've got to, you know, have fun, enjoy things as you go. Nowadays, if I ever travel um, to a different destination, I always try to make sure I've got a day or two at that location to actually enjoy because... Otherwise, you're going from a hotel room to job, they're back to a hotel room, they're back on a plane. It's like, well, I actually just went to an amazing city, but I didn't see it. So, yeah, you want to you want to try to make the most of it as you go because otherwise, yeah, you reach the end. It's like, oh, and it's it's the journey that matters. Totally, totally. And, and I'm sure we both know people who get to the top of Success Mountain and they just want to jump off because that's not what they thought it was going to look like. I guess another thing that, that uh, influenced that for me was um, actually bef- in between skiing in France and starting the business, I was, did some work when I got back to Australia at a bank as a commercial loans officer. 
And uh, which very is, uh, rich work history. <laughs> I've actually done a whole podcast on my career and another for somebody else where it's all unpacked. But um, that was really useful because while I was there, I was in the process of building up my business. So I was soaking up this knowledge that I was being taught about what makes a good business that you'd lend money to. And they were teaching me things like, you know, you've got to put, um, uh, you've got to have a broad client base so that all your eggs aren't in one basket. You've got to have um, good cash flow and you've got to have um, good profit because people often look at the numbers and they're all focused on, you know, how much money they're turning over, but it's, it's the profit that matters. And so I've had opportunities over the years to grow my business and make it bigger, but I've, I've kept the reins on it. I've been a bit conservative and thought, well, is that going to actually help me? Is that going to make me more profit or is that just going to make higher turnover, more expenses, more staff, more stress, and less money in my pocket at the end of the day. And I thought, well, yeah, I don't want that. I actually want to just keep enjoying it, having fun. Um, so getting that balance right, of course, is a real challenge with all of this. You want to, you need to actually make sure you've got enough work coming in to keep it sustained. But uh, yeah, just, just manageable. Totally. So, okay, because again, it sounds like if someone had asked you, you know, when you want to grow up, like, do you want to be a video editor? That obviously wasn't on the list. <laughs> I'm still wondering what I want to be when I grow up, Esty. <laughs> I was going to say, you sound like with those people who like, you know, that's never a decision you're going to make. <laughs> yeah. So when you got into, did you run other businesses before that? Or was that the first, like your first venture into entrepreneurship? I actually had a business with um, my business partner and another chap in a, in a first business that we started together. So there were three of us in it. And um, this what third chap do? was a bit... I beg your pardon? What did it do? What was the business? It, it did events. So it did um, uh, small business awards. And we also did a bit of video production while we were there as well, thanks to Tim's input. But Got it. The third chap, his energy was really difficult and challenging. And I remember waking up one morning thinking, I don't want to go to work because that guy's there. And I thought, what am I doing? This is my own business. Why, why am I not you know, in it if I don't enjoy it? So I thought, no, I've got to, I've got to pull the pin on this. So I mentioned it to Tim, my, my partner, and he said, um, yeah, actually, I've had enough as well. So we both left that and then started Sonic Sight. So but, you know, I, I would love to pause here because I think that's something that so many people struggle with. Um, I've worked with quite a few partner businesses um, and a lot of people, they look at partnerships and, and this is always the biggest mistake, right? As I'm sure you know, um, they look at a partnership as someone who's going to save them from the things that they don't want to deal with. Like, I just need a partner. I need a sale. I'm not a salesperson. So I need a salesy partner. I'm not a numbers person. I need a numbers partner. They're basically like, I'm bad at this. So let me find someone else who's good and just bring them in. And, and that's a, it's a good starting point if you're looking at it as a compliment. But if you're not looking at the energy and the synergy and having the same goals and visions in mind, you're just, you're in for a disaster ride. And so many people do enter into partnerships and then a certain way down the line feel kind of like you, which is, I don't, I don't want to go to work today. Like, I don't want to do this anymore not because of the work, but because of the partner. So how did you get out of it? You know, and, and very often partnerships are also, they start as friendships, right? And then you know, lose the friend or it's someone you know in the community or you're friends with their spouse, brother, sisters, dog walker, whoever. Um, and there's a lot of awkwardness. I think that would be really worthwhile to, to get your take on. Uh, are you taking me back a few years there, Esty? Um, look, it, it, was, it was just got really awkward. I mean, this guy didn't, didn't agree with, who I was going out with, he was felt he had a say on that, and it was just like, no, you really, you don't. Um, and uh, look, the business that we had then was a viable business, and so we 
figured, okay, if we can exit this and get paid out our share of the business and his business can keep going, then that's, that's a win-win for everybody. We actually then found some people that could take over our roles and um, help slot those into the business so the business kept going. And it is still going. It's a, it's a very successful business that he's got these days. Um, it's hey, wait, so you stepped it. out of it. You didn't shut it down and you didn't dissolve it. You just left it. Did you sell it? We, to- got, we got paid out. Yeah. To, so, so that worked out well for us. Man, he could keep going with his business. Um, but what you were saying before about bringing in these partners to help, I, I had this sense of, of people who wanted to actually abdicate their responsibilities in, a, you know, in the bookkeeping area or a sales Pretty area. Pretty much. Just make somebody solve it. And that's really risky. You, delegating is great. That's where you keep an eye on it. You manage it. But abdicating it and saying, just do it for me, that's when you get a whole, whole you know, had of worries there where, you know, totally. you're not keeping an eye on it. You're not monitoring it. And then you've, you find one day that, you know, the bookkeeper's taken all your money or the salesperson has taken all your clients and you know you've got to you've got to manage the process along the way as well yeah and i've seen real stories like that crazy stories that i almost wouldn't believe if i hadn't seen them myself um and, and people do it in one of two ways right so they'll say i need i just need someone to do it for me right and they'll advocate responsibility sometimes to an employee um and and the worst is when they they basically look for a partner because they really want an employee that they don't want to pay like that's essentially when they, that's, that's what they mean. And that's never how you look for a partner. A partner is not an employee that I need that I don't want to pay. <laughs> it's not yeah. what a partner really is. And those are always answers. So I like that. And I, I like that strategy of just, you know, you just decided like this was not for you. You, I guess you just had a conversation where you offered a to him said, listen, we're, I don't want to do this anymore. Do you want it? Do you want to buy us out? Enjoy your business. Bye-bye. Basically that, that's where it got to. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, then we just, you know, got the accountants involved, came up with a price and it was fine. We, we got paid out and we walked away. Love it. And then we started Sonic Site the next, the next month. Yeah. So tell me about this. So this is the video business and this has kind of been your main thing since then, right? Evolving, mm-hmm. obviously now, I don't think you're still standing out there with, you know, 50 ton cameras. Um, but tell me a little about this, this business journey. Yeah, so it's it's evolved over the years, and um, I for a long time I was doing doing works the whole broadband of clients because I was thinking of you know what I learned at the bank that you know it's important to have a broad client base, um, and so I really struggled to niche because I felt like that would be challenging that concept and that might be dangerous. But I finally, after a long time, have managed to find a niche which is working really well for me. And so I'm working a lot with private schools these days. And the reason oh. this is working is because, firstly, they have bad budget. They're, they're a $50 million operation, a lot of these schools. They're turning over a lot of money. Um, secondly, there's, there's a lot of them. And thirdly, they need content produced. They need video content, quality video content. They're trying to attract you know, high-paying clients to come send their students their their children there so it just took me a while to find it now the other reason why this is working and this is uh i'm able to also get embedded with an association that has all of those marketing managers from those schools in it which is my pot of gold basically for my clients to to attract so i think if you can find a niche which virtually and it's, it's easy to find niches but you want one that's going to be able to afford your services because it can be really tempting to say, oh, well, I can, I can provide my service to these people, 
But if they don't have the budget to pay, you know, the high-end money that you want or you need to actually grow your business, that's not a good niche. So think about a, an, an organized, um, a group that have the, the value. And then if you can find an association that has those people in it, then you're also going to be able to um, really tap into more and more of them and get more and more engaged with them. And the third thing that's happened that's made it really um, successful for me is I've developed these packages which I'm able to offer these clients. So I've been going for years just selling one video at a time, hopefully having a repeat client, which I have. They're coming back. But generally, it's been a constant treadmill of getting more and more one-off clients. And what I've developed now is an annual contract for these schools where they buy 6, 12, 20, 40 videos a year and they're paying a monthly retainer. So that's just turned my business around. I've only done that in the last few years. So after 25 years or 26, 27 years, however many of these these days, of running this business, it's only now really got to the point where I feel like it's flowing. So, you know, I'd be happy to share this advice to your, um, your listeners because this has been a real pivot for me, for my business, where I've now got regular clients, I've got them on annual contracts, I'm getting them pay me monthly. So even when we're not doing work for them, July over here was the school holidays, there wasn't a lot of production going on, but the bills were still going out and still getting paid. So yeah, by packaging up what we offer in a different way and offering them as a you know, buy it off the rack, it's just made it really easy. And what also has worked really well with it is understanding, I've, I've basically got, a, got rid of a whole lot of the jargon about, oh, we're going to provide this service, and we're going to do this, and we're going to give you this value, and blah, blah, blah. They just want to know how many videos they're going to get in a year. That was kind of, at the end of the day, that's what they're interested in. So understanding what your client is actually buying, because it's so often not what you're selling. Um, you know, you're thinking, I'm adding all this value, I'm doing this, and I'm doing all this, and you're talking about what you do. Really look back and work out now what is it actually that they want and when you can get to the core of that it can simplify the whole purchasing process 100 percent. this is what we do so i have a course called marketing magic that's literally what we do like we go to the core build out the audience based on the core build out positioning the actual product the price like this is should have given you my course 25 years ago but i was in elementary school. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not that young. Wait, where was that 25 years ago? No, oh, yeah, I think I was. Yeah, something like that. High school, maybe. Um, no. Anyways, irrelevant. Um, but I think that's so valuable on so many levels. First of all, the transition and the lesson there, but also so many people feel like they always have to be at that end of the road of perfect success right away. And the fact that you can come out here and say, you had a successful business for 25 years that, you know, you didn't find that niche, that sweet spot for that long. And it still worked. And that's okay. You know, yeah. you find your place whenever you do. So for 25 years, you were, you were constantly having to get new clients. Like what, like how did that work? Well, we, we also were lucky that we had, we, we also ran events. So, um, with Sonic Side, for, for a long, for the first sort of 20 odd years, we were still doing event production. And we had some regular annual clients there that had big conferences that had big dollar value that were like a third of our income for our company. So, okay, so you had some was, recurring clients. Yeah, we did. We certainly did. And we also had a lot of repeat clients. Um, so, but it was just, a, you know, a constant grind, a constant, you know, getting out there, marketing, getting people, you know, through the door. Um, 
And nowadays I've got the school market, which is about 50% of my income. And I've still got, you know, corporate clients and government clients, which, you know, cover the rest of it. But I've still got to um, market to those to keep them coming in. And I've still got to market to the schools as well all the time. So what do you do for your marketing? How do you get them in? So with the schools now, because I've got so much more clarity, and this is the other thing about when you can get clarity about your niche and really know who it is. So for me, it's private schools in Sydney. And so, and ideally they're on the North Shore, which is sort of an area of Sydney. So how many private schools do you have on the North Shore of Sydney? Well, there's, there's probably about 30. That's Um, a lot. And then, but in Sydney or all over, there's probably about maybe 200. Okay, that's a lot. That's definitely enough to keep you going forever. So, so that's why, you know, and I've got, I've got about eight of them on these annual contracts at the moment. I'd like about 12, um, 12 or 16 would be great. Um, and so it's just a, the marketing I do now is I actually look at a school that I'm interested in. I go on a LinkedIn and find out who is the um, marketing manager there or the comps person. And I ring that person because you know, doing all the social media marketing and stuff is great, but I see that a lot of the time it's just people being busy, thinking that they're, you know, it, it is important. And I, I have somebody who does a lot of that for me. But really, when I want to get um, to a particular client, I pick up the phone and I ring them and I don't get through. So I diarize it and I ring them again later. And then I finally get through and then I send them an email and then I follow them up and I keep keep talking to them. So you know, sometimes it can be a slow burn. And, you know, one of the ones I'm talking to at the moment, you know, they want to start with one video to, I guess, test the water, which makes perfect sense. And then hopefully I can convert them into one of our annual clients afterwards. So for me these days, I sponsor this conference, this organization that's got all of these marketing managers and fundraising managers from these schools in it already. So that means I've got access to them. Um, And it also helps my credibility and brand because I've, um, I've, uh, I'm supporting them. Uh, but yeah, it, it's mostly, it's about picking up the phone and directly trying to speak to the person I need to speak to. Got it. I like that a lot. Again, that type of focused marketing, cause you don't need money. You just need a strategy, right? And so many people, they just, they spray and pray and they throw their money out there and then it's just wasted, which makes me nuts. And just knowing who you're looking for, then knowing how to find them, how to reach them, reaching them, telling them what to do for them that they want. And that's really all it is. And yeah, that can be worth a $30,000 phone call if you can get through to that person. So for sure. It just, it just saves a lot of time and uh, it's so much more effective. Totally. So can you give us some video tips? Because what you do for these corporations and for the schools is you build them videos for their marketing. Wait, now I have a random other question. Why don't you do video marketing for yourself? <laughs> like you're I'm a video marketing company. Why are you not shipping out videos about how cool you are? Um, I do occasionally create okay. video content, but I, I don't do a lot of it. Um, I'm quite comfortable in front of the camera. That's not a problem. Um, and when I've got something to, to talk about, I do. Uh, but yeah, as I say, for me at the moment, the, the strategy is just to jump on the phone and speak to people directly because that's going to get me a better outcome than sending out videos every month and to every, to everybody doing broadcasting. What I'm doing is this narrow casting, narrow focus. Like I want to get onto that school. So I'll ring them and speak to them at, you know, at the same time, I do have content going out online. Um, there's not a lot of video, uh, content. I mean, 
the, the I think probably the challenge I've had with Oresti is that as a video producer, I don't want to be putting out um, this casual phone content because I feel like my brand needs to be positioned as a high quality video production. So therefore it's not okay for me just to be doing the, the casual stuff that other people can get away with because they're not positioning themselves as video producers. So Percent. that's put a little bit of a, um, a handbrake on it for me. Totally. Um, and there are now, I'm saying, I'm sure you know this, but there are so many little micro companies online that make you fancy videos. Like you just hand mm. them some raw content and then they splash it together. Although I don't know if that would make any sense if you are the video editing company. Never mind. I hear that. It would just be a bunch more work. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So you are making marketing videos for these corporations and schools. What does that look like? And what would your average you know, small business owner need to know about leveraging video for their own success? Well, funny you should ask that because that's just what my new book is all about. So awesome. um, I actually didn't know that, by the way. That was not a purposeful plug, guys. I know that Gian has a new book. I did not honestly know what it was. So that was not on purpose. What does it say? Watch me now. Oh, I like that. I like these double entendres, right? Like shoot me now, watch me now. Very cool. Yeah. So shoot me now. The first book was all about how to make videos. So that was, you know, 2012 when people were starting to wake up to the power of video. So I thought that was a useful resource then. So I unpacked 20 years of experience into that. And it really did unpack, you know, the things you need to know if you are making videos. Watch me now, leveraging videos to maximize your return on investment is what to do with that video once you've made it. Because what I saw a lot of clients doing is, you know, we'd make these awesome bits for them and they'd, they'd put it on their website, or they'd put it on some, you know, on their YouTube channel and get like 20 views. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. This is a really good video. You need people to see it, but they weren't showing it to people. So um, in this video book, I unpack the, the strategies you need to think about. Firstly, when, you, when you're making your video, why are you making it? What are you actually wanting to achieve from it? And people go, oh, I want to get views. And it's like, no, no, no. What do you, yeah, but that's not the, what you're trying to achieve. You actually want something as a result of views, don't you? So, you know, you want them to visit a website or to download a brochure or to book for a course or to donate some money or to, you know, sign up for your company or whatever it is or make a phone call. The more clear you are about that, then it's easier then to manage that, to monitor it and to measure it. So, um, yeah, this book is all about, you know, how to, first of all, be clear on your, on your purpose, what you're trying to achieve, and then different ways to share your videos so that it gets out there to the marketplace because, um, there's, you know, people go, oh, I can't do a video yet because we're just rebuilding our website. And I said, no, no, the website's one way to share your video. I've got 30 here. You know, there's a whole lot of other ways you can get your, your content out there. So, um, yeah, it's just getting people a little bit more, thinking a little bit more strategically about their video productions and what they do with them. Because, yeah, just having a video is step one, but actually getting people to watch it is step two. I like that. Can you tease us? What are some of those 30? Because like, okay, you've got website, you've got all the social media channels, you've got private screening and you've got other people. Actually, private screening, I'll, talk, I'll talk about that because I've got a client who does that really well. Um, they, they're one of the school clients and what they do is they have um, uh, these, these tours where they bring people in and they go and um, take them through the school and then they get them in an auditorium and they show them three of the videos that we've made for them and they just, slam them with um, this content where they've got them captured and they just they just convert them. They've just got this really beautiful system where they just 
come in and they've got them captured and they just have a great success with it. So that's one of the great ways where you can do it, where you've got them in your, in your room and they're not going to uh, go anywhere. Yeah. So I like but that, but I've just listed like five where, what are the other 25 or some of I've them? Got, I've got a, I've got to look at my book. Wait, I'm trying to find the right page. <laughs> it's, it's five o'clock in the morning here. Um, I've got to find the right chapter. Yeah, guys, GF's awesome. He literally woke up at five so he could come talk to you. So you can just all say thank you. He'll, he'll get thank the you. energy. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm hopefully, hopefully I'm, I'm sounding energetic. Um, so where, which section is that really <laughs> Yeah, so um, one of the other ways you can do it is obviously if you've got somebody who uh, you've interviewed who's got, you know, a bit of influence, get them to share it because it's not just up to you to share it. But if you've got other people, you can leverage them, leverage your community. So you've got other friends and family or whatever, or, or influencers, get them to share it around as well. Um, you know, obviously you've got the social media platform. So I, I break those down into, um, into individual ones. Okay. Um, one of the ones I love is just putting it in your email signature. So ah, if, that's you know, a nice one. I like that hack. Every time you send out an, uh, a video, every, an email, you know, you've, you've got a link to your video. You can put a thumbnail in there as well. They can click on it. If it's a YouTube link and they're sending it out to, um, you know, in Gmail or, or Google Apps, it's going to open up in the um, email itself. So that's really, um, that's really easy. Um, obviously, you need to put it on your website. Um, leverage it. I'm trying to think which section I'm reading at the moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, you can have it on Vimeo as well. So okay, well, just, people um, find it there. Like I know, so Vimeo, I look at more as like just a storage vehicle to. to well, it is, but it, from there you can share it as well. Right. So you're you're right. YouTube is much better for a search result. Yeah. Um, Vimeo is a is a, a cleaner look for your videos as well. So it's good for embedding on your um your website yeah. or sharing it with other people. Um, and there's you've got a bit more control these days with Vimeo than YouTube because. YouTube are now making you watch other videos at the end of it, whereas with Vimeo, you can direct people a little bit more what you want them to do with it. Totally. I mean, well. I'm obsessed with Wistia. I just find the interface so much cleaner, so much better, um, even yep. though Vimeo is so much cheaper. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, Wistia does come with a price tag. Very um, Vimeo's got some, some nice um, measurement uh, things. One of the other things that I recommend people do is use it before a meeting. So. If you're going to meet somebody, you've booked it in the calendar a couple of weeks ago and the day before you're thinking, oh, I hope they remember that we're meeting tomorrow. Um, you can send them an email the day before and say, hey, look, I'm really looking forward to catching up with you and talking about you know, your problem, whatever it is. Um, here's a little video which gives you a little bit of explanation about what we do and how we do it. Uh, and that positions you then as somebody who's organized. Also, it enables them to do their research on you because they actually want to know, oh, who is this person I'm meeting with and what do they do again? You make it easy for them. You show them. You say, look, this is who we are. Um, and it means when you attend the meeting, you don't need to be talking about yourself because they've already got that information now. You can really be present to them, what their problems are, and really listen and pay attention and then solve their problems for them. So that's a way to um, yeah, get, get on board with them. Another cool thing you can do is those LCD brochures. Have you seen those, those video brochures? Yes, those are so cool. I don't have one yet, but it's on my list of things to get. Yeah, no, they're not the cheapest thing, but there's, if you've got somebody that you really want to watch your video, you know, they're a high value client, but you can't get Send through the, the gatekeepers. 
Yeah, these guys, these are so cool. If you look online, you just look up video brochure um, or video box. It's it's a box or a brochure. It almost looks like a like a cool um, birthday card, like fat. And in it is a tiny little video player. It's got a little LCD screen in it. Yeah, yeah and you can load the so video cool. onto it. I love that. Um, what I love about that, you know, you put that in, a, in a, a big envelope, handwritten address on the front of it, make it personalized to the CEO of this company that you want to get to. They're going to get that video. They're going to watch it because it just feels too valuable to dismiss. They appreciate the effort that's gone into it and they'll open it up even for, you know, novelty value. And that's where you can get to that person that you couldn't get through with the gatekeepers and the, you know, the PAs and stuff that won't get you through. So that's a, a good way to do it. Um, also, you can use it for, um, you know, you have an FTP transfer, so you can send it from Hightail or uh, what are they, um, you know, WeTransfer and Google Drive or all those places. So Just sending it out online. People, yeah, you can actually send the, the MP4. This is great. I love on. this. Okay. I believe there are 30. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll make sure everyone has to go buy the book to get the rest of them. So, so that's how people will get your video. What should be in it? Could everybody um, be making video? Let's even start there. Is this something that everyone should be doing? Is this only for a select few? Like we know that you've niched your business and before you were really broad. So it sounds like you had experience doing video for probably every, if not majority of industries out there. Should everyone be doing video today? Well, firstly, you know, is it going, do they need the business? Do they need the work? I mean, um, so there are lots got, of ways to get work. Like is yeah. video be part of everyone's marketing mix? Like we can pretty safely say, like when I teach, so we have a, a one of our guides is 167 promotional strategies. People get it in our five day challenge. Um, and it used to be live on our website somewhere. I think we took it down. Um, but it's inside the five day challenge on day three where it's 167 ways that they can get people's attention, right? And so leveraging video through something is one of them. One of the things that we teach is that everyone needs a web presence. I don't even believe that everyone needs a website, but requirement, whatever you're doing professionally, you need a web presence. Would we put video in the same category as that? Does everyone who's serious about their business need to be leveraging video in some way? Look, I think it has got to that point, Esty, that, you know, video is where, um, you know, websites were 15 years ago where you sort of like, if you didn't have one, you weren't really seen to be a credible business. Uh, so, and, and it can be, you know, you can just get an animation one made for, you know, on Fiverr for, you know, 20, 50 bucks or something if you have to. Um, so yeah, you can certainly have something that represents your, your business as a video. Um, not everybody is comfortable being in front of the camera. I totally get that. Um, so it depends if you want to be positioning yourself as part of the brand. If you do, then get comfortable at it, practice it, just keep doing it. Um, and get out, out the front of it more and more often. Um, but really what the videos need to be is, is solving your customers' problems. So you need to be looking at, you know, addressing their issues and helping them. And that's where, you like if you do a pitch video, you want to start with talking about the problem they have and then getting into how you solve it, establishing your credibility and uh, who you are. So there's plenty of videos you can make. Um, some of my favorites are um, a case study video. I think that's a really easy way to sell your business without it feeling like a sale. If you're not comfortable with selling, I think Americans are a lot better at selling than Australians. We're sort of a lot more laid back and just want to have a chat and don't actually want to ask anybody to buy. Um, but 
a case study is a great video because you can have your customer talking about the experience they had with you. They can take the, the audience on a journey they've gone from, from uh, where they had a problem that you can relate to. The solution was provided by your company, whether that was a product or a service that they need. And now their business is in this situation, which they they want to get to as well. So, and then they talk about how they're feeling now as a result. So that's a four-step sort of process I take my clients on when we interview them about case studies. But the beauty of it, it doesn't feel like a sales pitch. And it's better than a testimonial, which just says, oh, yeah, look, it's great working with Sonic Site. They're really lovely people and they do a great job. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, that, that's nice. But when someone talks about, look, I needed to get more enrollments at school, and we knew that we needed to tap into the power of video to really make that work for us. When we worked with Sonic Site, they came up with a really compelling video, which totally captivated the audience. And our enrollment numbers at the school tours went up by 530% as a result of us <laughs> leveraging. Um, and now we're over, we're oversubscribed with, with the thing. You've now taken people on a journey and a story, which is so much more engaging than just hearing like, oh, it's, it's nice, nice to work with them. So, I like that. That's a great four step because you know what? I'm totally going to be using this um, because a lot of people, um, you know, clients, we ask them for, for testimonials when they're done um, and participants in our, our group program. And a lot of times they'll say like, SD, I'm happy to, to give you a video testimonial, but I don't know what to say. Like they have an easier time kind of writing. Um, yeah. And even for written, that's a really good framework. But in video, people kind of, they like choke up. You know, yeah. and so to to give this, and I, I would recommend everyone do this. You know, as the frame for anyone that you want a testimonial from, turning it into almost like a case study, whether you're doing it professionally in interview style and editing it out, or just or just giving them this frame. Say, listen, if you want to make a video, just come in. You know, tell us who you are and the problem you had, what we did for you, where you're at now, and how you feel about it. And boom, like they've got a script of what they can say. Yep, yeah, that's right. I that love this. I am super using this and I'm going to, I'm going to teach it also. Thank you. I'm going to teach it in your name. This is really valuable. So that's a case study. I'll, I'll unpack that in a blog on my website as well. If people want to um, look at that a little bit closer. Cool. All right. Um, I'll link to that. What's the, do you know the name of the blog article? Or should I go find it? Uh, if you, if you search case study on, um, on our site. Um, yeah. So that's on the sonicsite.com.au website. Okay. Awesome. So I'll go there guys. And on sdrans.com slash 78, I'll stick that link. We'll also try to stick it in the um, iTunes, Spotify little summary there. So you can have an easy access to find it. Um, so I think that's really valuable. So that's one type. How many different types of promo videos are there? Like in broad categories, there's case study type. And then what else is there? Uh, I talk about um, a rapport building video, which for a small business owner, I think is really powerful. And that's where you, you talk about what gets you out of bed in the morning, why you do what you do, what you love about it, um, and the value you bring to the, to the job and the process. So that gives people an opportunity to actually build a bit of rapport with you, understand the sort of person you are and, and what you like to work with. I had one client we did that for, and he got a guy ringing up, said, right, I need you to build these patios for our backyard. And he said, oh, well, do you want to come in and meet us and talk about it? He goes, no, no, I've seen your video. I trust you. I'm good to go. And it's like, that's exactly what it's meant to do. And it's like, okay, well, that was good. So, yeah, I mean, in a world of automation and digitization and everything, when you can actually see the real person talking about what they love about what they do, um, that gives people an opportunity to feel connected with them. So that's, that's a really important one. The other one, obviously, one is a pitch video, which is where you talk about your service and your product um, but very much from the client's perspective, from their needs. So you talk about the problems that they have um, and the, how you solve that for them. 
it's really tempting for people when they um, want to market themselves is to talk about themselves and talk about what they do and how they do it. And you need to step back a bit and work out, okay, why is this important to the client and how can I make this um, resonate with them the best way? So that's, uh, that's an essential one. I like that. And, and I think it's important that there's a distinction because a lot of people will blend them. I know I've totally made this mistake. I'm going to go fix all my videos now of, of putting kind of the rapport building and the pitch together where it's like, here's who we are. Here's what we do. Here's why we love it. Here's what's amazing. And here's how it works. Um, and again, the yeah. how it works for me, because I'm, I'm a marketer, it's always in the lens of the client, right? Like, it's here's who we are, what we do, why we love what we do, how it solves all your problems. And what I'm understanding is no, separate those. There's a rapport building video and there's a pitch video. They're not the same. Well, you know, in this day and age, you, you don't need, you know, we don't need the 12 minute videos anymore. So you can break them down into smaller videos, smaller messages and make it um, more digestible for people and give, give you more content to get out to the marketplace by packaging them up into little bite-sized chunks of what you talk about. Another really good one is a five mistakes video. And that's where you talk about the five common mistakes that your clients have to deal with or that they, they encounter. So that enables you to um, showcase the things they need to be aware of. So I've got that on, on the front page of my website. So rather than a, a profile or a pitch video on my website, I talk about the common mistakes people have when making corporate videos. Now what that does is it provides some helpful advice for people but it also educates them to the, the things that can go wrong if they think they can do this themselves. And they realize, all oh, right, this is the value these guys add because they understand all these things that are gonna go horribly wrong if I just tried to have a stab at this myself. So it then uh, helps them, but also positions you as, as somebody who knows what's, what you're doing and how to, how to solve their problems for them. Love it. I like these a lot. Okay, case study, rapport building, pitch, five mistakes, any other broad categories? Uh, well, you've also got, you know, training stuff. So that can be for larger organizations, you know, you, you'd be doing um, uh, in-house training um, also, but you can also provide training content for like a how to use video for your products. If you've got, you know, even, you know, for your course, Esther, you might do some content there about how to make the best value out of this course. You know, this yeah, we have that. Our whole welcome, um, and, and we learned this the hard way. So you and I should have had this conversation um, six months ago when we launched the course the first time. Uh, but we learned the hard way that people needed a lot more context to how to use the course. So now in the welcome, before the course kicks off, they've got a bunch of little like, here's how to best um, benefit from this program, here's how to leverage the different assets we're giving you, this is where the videos are, this is where the support network is, this is how you submit questions for group coaching. So there's like elements of training, but also elements of kind of pre-frame um, because yep. people don't realize, and, and we learned this also the hard way, um, most people think they're gonna take a marketing course and it's like, oh, it's like a bunch of tactics. And I kind of, I, I thought I warned them, but not enough. My course goes really deep. It's deep business marketing strategy, but you get to know yourself, why you're here, who you're really trying to serve. And, and it kind of hits them between the eyes, kind of like week two and three. And <laughs> they're just like, yeah. whoa. And so, you know, what our strategists have kind of said is like, as you need to really warn people a lot more what they've just like what they've gotten into because it's transformational but giving yep. people that kind of heads up apparently is important well preparing them and managing their expectations yeah absolutely yeah. I, I guess to me it's such a given like it's just what we do 
and it's just how it should be done and how it works best. So I'm like, that's just what it is. Um, but I had to learn also the hard way that most of what's out there is just junk. Um, and so people were used to quality content. Um, but I love the idea of trainings as well. We're actually, all of our staff trainings um, are recorded. And so they only have to be given yeah. once. So we've created an entire staff training portal. So when we onboard new staff, we give them access to different segments, you know, from the basic, here's how we need you to track your hours and submit your hours for payment and that kind of basic stuff to like, mm. here's how you use and, and set up things in our, we have a white label database system. Here's how you use the auto scheduler and set things up there. Here's how we track this. Like, because so many people, and, and this is just for an operation at scale, you, you just repeat yourself again and again. And again, and, and the beauty of that is you're providing um, accurate, consistent information every time. Because if you're doing it by voice, what can happen if you think, "Oh, look, I've said this a hundred times. I'm just repeating myself. I won't bother this time." And, things, and you forget. Yeah, and, and I forget. Getting the same information. If you've got a video, you know, recording of the information, you know, everybody's getting the same content. They're getting the same information. Um, and it's it's what you want them to be um, to to be learning. So, totally. you know, so screen capture capturing is a great way if you've got yeah. some processes that are computer based that you want to see and understand. It's a great way of doing that. So yeah, we do a lot of those. Um, I think the other term for them is like over the shoulder, right? Um, like screen okay. capture, people kind of watching you do it. So that's that's how we do all of them. Um, yep. What what tech tool do you recommend? I've tried like six different ones. Each what, which? one, which technology? Do you like, are there, is there any specific tool? I tried six. I like each of them for different reasons and don't like each for different reasons. Which bit of the technology are you talking, are you talking about editing system? No, for editing, we use Camtasia and the only two big players are basically Camtasia and what's it called? Light, the Adobe one, light shoot, light box, light studio. Premiere? Yes, that one. <laughs> Premiere. So I'm, I'm on a Mac, I use Final Cut Pro. Um, okay. But Adobe Premiere Pro is, is on a PC and a Mac is uh, is very good um, yeah. for editing. Um, We're still using screen capture. We use we use yeah. ScreenFlow for on a Mac, Green which Flow. is similar similar to uh, Camtasia. Got it. So I didn't like Camtasia for the screen capture because it's so heavy, it makes everything slow, and it makes these massive files. <laughs> well, that's that's because you can zoom in on them and you can do some really cool things with it. It's true. It's true. I guess I'm like, give me more little tiny files. Don't give me these fat monster files. Um, and what about, this is actually something I have not cracked the code on. So I'm going to pick your brain for a second. You know how a lot of times in these training videos, like the mouse is like this red hover or like a yellow highlighter, like it turns into like different things. Mm -hmm. What tool? Cause I found two and I hate both of them. What is a good tool to do that? Well, I use ScreenFlow for that. ScreenFlow um, will change your mouse into a different kind of pointer. Well, no, it, it'll it'll just uh, you can you can enlarge the size of the mouse, so you can make it quite big, um, mm -hmm. and you can also do like a, a radar thing. It'll pulse when it clicks on things. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it'll change to different shapes and stuff though. Okay, not shapes, but like those like. We were both talking about the exact same thing. It's just making the mouse more pointer demonstration friendly as opposed to a tiny arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, ScreenFlow definitely does that. So I'm, I'm guessing Camtasia probably does as well. It probably does. I just, I got burnt because I, I did a couple recordings in it and they were massive. 
How long were you recording for? Um, maybe like a long time. That's only a week. <laughs> yeah. No, it, they were 20 to 45 minutes, let's say. Okay. Oh, yeah. They were, they yeah, were no, so video much are huge. Some of the other tools. The other tools are, are much more condensed. Yeah. So, guys, for all of you listening, sorry, we went into tech speak for a moment. Some of the other tools <laughs> I've tried, at least, I use Zoom a lot. I'll use Loom a lot. I've tried Screencast O Matic. I've used another one that sounds kind of similar, but it's not the same thing. Um, and then another one, like they're all like Screencast O something. There's like three like that. And each one is like yeah. a little bit good and a little bit bad. Um, so, I'm still looking for that sweet spot in a, um, a good screencaster. Each one has its, its benefits. Uh, okay, so out, out of the tag geek speak, um, anything that people would want to know about the flow of their videos, or does each one kind of have a different flow? Like you gave us the flow for the case study one. Um, do the other ones have any specific flows? Is that all on your website? I'm just going to go poke around there and buy your book now. Yeah, go buy the book. Um, I'm, <laughs> it's all it's all in there. Uh, I, I just talk about, look, I think yeah, look, it always comes down to understanding the purpose of your video and who the audience is. So they're, they're the first questions I always ask clients, you know, and I was having a meeting this week with a client. He says, oh, yeah, we want the, we want the video to do this and this, and, and we want parents to, you know, see this, and we want them to see that, and we want them to see this. And I said, yeah, but why? What do you actually want them to do after watching the video? What's the next step? Are right. they to book a tour? Are they ring up? Are they, you know, what? Where on the, and it was kind of like hadn't actually thought that through yet. So knowing what that next step is, is really important. What do you want people to do after watching the video? Um, so sometimes it's just brand awareness. Sometimes it's about building community. Um, but sometimes it's about taking them on a, on a sales journey where it's like, okay, from here, they're going to now download this. From there, we're going to keep engaging them at this level. And then at this point, we're going to get a sale. So just knowing, you know, more clarity you've got around that, just pausing and thinking, okay, what do I actually want them to do after watching this video? is a really important thing to be asking yourself. Love that. That's amazing. Thank you for letting me You're pick welcome. your brain so much. So, you know, on our podcast, we also want not to only know how amazing your success has been and how much you know, which is tremendous and awesome, um, but a current business struggle as well, all right? At the level that you've gotten to, doing this so long, finding your niche, having these retainers, which, you know, is, is a dream for so many business owners getting to this place. What's a current struggle in the business? Um. Look, I've got to say things are pretty good at the moment, but I've also got to make sure that I keep the wheels turning. You know, if you stop, it just falls apart. So as good as it is, it doesn't just keep doing it by itself. So I've got to keep, you know, currently I'm still chasing more clients. I want to get more clients on board. I'm also looking at the current economic situation and I believe we're, we're in for a recession. I believe things are, are turning and not going to be great. So now is the time I need to um, make the most of what I've got and to get more clients on board and, you know, basically, you know, manage the expenses. Don't, you know, keep, look at where I can, you know, keep costs down because when the, um, yeah, when the recession comes, you want to be in a position where you can weather the storm as well as you can. So I think it's important to, to be aware of what's going on out there um, because I think, What's happening in the US and China is affecting Australia. Um, we've already got our own issues, but um, yeah, that's going to uh, have an impact on us. And yeah, I think you know that all the signs are there that um, in the next 12 months we're going to be in a in a 
a tough place. So I think it's really important to keep your head out of the sand, look around and, and, and jump on things. Get Make now the time to you know get more sales. I like that. So how many people are in the company now? Like how many how many people are are in the wheels that you're turning? So I have a full-time editor and I have freelance cameramen. So I've I've kept it very lean. Um Tom who does all the post-production, he also helps with um, you know, filming occasionally as well. Uh it's great. You know, I've had him for four years now. He's he's just a, a brilliant asset to the company. Um, and so I'm mainly off the tools these days. I'll, I'll direct, I'll go out and shoot some direct, but I tend not to be on the tools so much. Occasionally I'll jump behind the edit suite to, um, to help with some of the overflows. But my job really these days needs to be about um, bringing in the sales and keeping those wheels turning. Got it. And the client relationships. And what you, this is the business you built with a partner. Is he still there? Did you buy him out? Uh, he, he's... He's, what is he these days? He's no longer, I think he's still a direct, no, he's, he's a shareholder. He's no longer a director just because he, he's not involved in the day-to-day -day running the business. And um, the advice we got for him, it was not a good idea to be a director in case I did something really stupid, he'd be liable for it. So, <laughs> um, so he's, still, he's still half an owner. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very much a, um, uh, he's kind of like said, look, he, he, he's sort of, Casually involved with the business, but not not actively these days. Interesting. Is that as half an owner, does he get half the profits for not doing anything just because he started it? Well, there's not many profits after I pay wages and director's loans and things. So it's and no, gotcha. he um and he look he's he's a reasonable guy. He says, look, you're the one doing all the work. I'm 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 good with that. So he's he's fine. Got it. I mean, once you pay yourself and all the staff and whatever, um, if there's something left, so like yeah, he can have a piece. I've got private school fees to pay as well. So there's not much left after all that. <laughs> I hear that. Okay. So here's a random question for you. Why are you, why are you not just getting a sales guy in? Why are you pushing yourself to do all the sales? If that's the main driver now, um, most salespeople work either base commission or commission and you're doing high ticket sales. It would be a very worthwhile sales commission endeavor. And then you could really branch out or would that make it bigger than you want it to be? Um, that, that I, I don't want it to be too big. As I say, I want to, I want to enjoy it. I want to be able to manage it. Um, my accountant years ago actually said to me, you know, the best person to sell your business is you. And I, I don't mind doing the sales these days. You know, obviously I, I know a lot of people feel really uncomfortable with that, but for me, it's kind of like, you know, I think now that I've got so many clients on board like this, it's, it's quite easy to package up a, an offering and, show them some examples of work and impress them with what we do. So yeah, I, I quite, I'm quite happy doing it. Um, and it also just means I'm, you know, I've got my finger on the pulse with it all and I can know what's going on. I think part of our company is my brand. Um, I've gone and uh, enhanced my brand, my books, uh, with my blogs, the podcast interviews I've done. So I think people want to deal with that person. So, um, that yeah that that's and also okay, when i had the conversation it doesn't make sense no that makes i hear yeah that. yeah yeah i mean i guess what i'm doing at the moment is i'm building up this business that maybe in a few years time i could sell because when i've got all these contracts in place it does become a viable business to, to somebody else to take over and work with 
So oh, and then you could uh, have left to pull watermelons again if you wanted to. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. No, and I think that's that's something, again, yeah, and it's, you know, so much of this to me is so valuable. It's so relatable to so many people at every stage in business. Um, you know, what you're dealing with at this scale is the exact same thing someone's dealing with at a much smaller scale, which is keep the leads coming in, <laughs> keep the sales going, build up the revenue. And, uh, and I think all of us um, feel that a recession is pending. I don't know that in the US it's as close as you feel it is in Australia. I don't know if I feel that it's as close. Um, but I, I feel like we're in another boom again, you know, where if we had the manufacturing boom, then we had the tech boom, and then we had the real estate boom. I feel like we're almost in like the influencer app <laughs> boom, whatever you want to call it. It's the like, you know, um, it is kind of a micro business boom, but like it's, it's, the, it's the app and the tech companies that are just like, exploding and it to me i'm yeah. like i'm sorry did anyone else not live through 2000 like <laughs> why am i the only one who well, feels if, like if I live you look at it though google and apple and uh, warren buffett have all cashed up they've gone and converted a lot of their assets into cash because they're ready for the crash to come and they know that they need to be cashed up when that happens that's interesting meaning as opposed to having it invested in stocks and other companies like have it liquid yeah. in the bank they've got they've got hundreds of billions of dollars in cash sitting sitting there ready to buy stuff when it all crashes and goes the price oh comes. that's smart mm. but it's also telling they they they're aware of what's happening and where and at that got... scale it's always like what's the chicken and what's the egg right because when someone at that level does it um like I always, yeah, yeah. I, I actually remember this is okay. This takes us back a really long time. It's an Archie and, and Veronica comic. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> Archie and I know it was like I heard that there's a series now that's like a dark Archie Veronica comic called Riverdale. I haven't seen it, um, so I, it's been revisited. But um, there's this old comic, and I always remember it, where Jughead goes into like Veronica's dad's office, and he's like, you know, the big millionaire with the giant business and all the stocks and whatever, and he just like. He's like playing around. If you go phone, he's like, bye bye, sell, sell, bye bye, sell, sell. She's like having fun. And he's like, oh my gosh, those are real people. Those are real calls. Um, but because, like, and the end of the comic is because he is such a big name, every decision he made ended up being for his benefit. Yeah. Because if he sold, everyone else sold it. And so he got out just in time. And when he bought, everyone else bought it. So he got in perfectly because it all went up right yeah. afterwards. You know, so I feel like at a certain scale, you run the market, you, know, you don't. Was it The Big Short or another movie? I, I can't remember. Jeremy Irons in it, but they basically show this overnight, this meeting, this intense meeting um, set around the, the, the um, subprime market collapse about how they basically could see it was coming and they said, well, let's be the first then to, to, to jump to on. Out. And so they, they made these big calls and it just, you know, set the dominoes off. I did. I read something about that as well. Yeah. When, when you own the market, um, the decisions you make are the decisions that lead to those being the right decisions. So as small business owners, you can only control what you can control. So you need to take advantage of, you know, what you've got now and, and jump on things now because it's, it's, you know, it's not going to get better. Um, you know, that'll give you a good solid base for riding any storms that come in the near totally. future. Now's never been a better time. And I know for me, like I've had my eye on this for a while. I've actually been building out programs to uh, 
to accommodate not only what's there now, but in my opinion, what I think is coming. So building out lower ticket offers to help people get in, to help people clean up. Um, and those are kind of like sitting under, under wraps waiting. Okay. We, we could talk for so long. Um, you have been absolutely amazing. Where can everybody find you? So they can find out about my business and those blogs I was talking about at sonicsite.com.au. And for my books, they could go to jeffanderson.com.au. Okay, I love it. And we'll pull both those links, guys, into the show notes at sdran.com slash 78. So you can check them out. You can get all these fun details on what kind of videos to make. I know I'm going to head over there and get that book. Um, Jeff, thank you so, so much. So I like to actually surprise my guests at the end. Um, I didn't warn you about this. And ask you for a quote doesn't have to be a favorite one of all time, but it can be. But I love quotes. I love how it kind of just ties things up in that nice little bow to send everyone on their way. Thanks for the surprise, Esty. Welcome. <laughs> I know it's like, you know, now it's barely 6 a.m. for you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, uh, I've been working on a, on a job for a client where they've, um, uh, they've, they've wanted us to make a video that's been inspired by a Nike ad. So just do it. Just get on with it. I like that. I like that. Again, I'll tell you what I found with so many of the guests. Um, very often the quote you come out with, and that's kind of why I surprise you, really resonates kind of with everything you've said until now, right? Your whole journey until here, your whole journey through here. Like, just do it. Just get on with it. Just make the calls, make the videos, yeah. pull it together, just make it happen. So sometimes I love that. You've got to, sometimes you've got to get out of your own way. 100%. Because you're really the only person who's ever in your way. There's no one else there. It looks like it's someone else and it's a competitor and it's an industry and it's a, and it, it's only ever you. Yeah. I love yeah. that. On that note, guys, I hope you're subscribed to this thing. I mean, I kind of know you're subscribed to the thing. And if not, like you want to be subscribed to this thing called the Business Breakthrough Podcast because we interview people like Jeff every single week, giving you insane amounts of value to build your business. Um, and what I will tell you is this. Um, as you know, we've already started this trend and it's been going so well. We're getting amazing feedback on it. You know someone who needs this specific episode, right? There's someone that you know that needs video, that's wasting their energy and time doing video the wrong way, that should be doing video this way. Share this episode with them. Maybe there's three people you want to share it with, whoever. But I'm sure that you know someone who needs this. So send them over to sdran.com slash 78. They can live stream it or just tell them to grab this episode. You can share it through iTunes, through Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. This is everywhere that podcasts are consumed and, and share the love and the knowledge about how to leverage video for small business. And we are going to catch you next week. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. Essie. It's been great chatting with you. This is fantastic. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?